discussions too. Let's all chow down on the sweet roll. You're listening to the Sweet Roll Podcast. I'm Jody. And I'm Katie. And we have a game to review for you today. It's called Amygdala. It's a roguelike platformer. I got to have the pleasure of playing it, and I want to tell you all about it. Excellent. So what about this game makes it roguelike? Just that you play through it, you gain skill, you die, you master the controls better, you gain more familiarity with the environment, and you learn to adapt. Excellent. So you become more skill of a player rather than getting any kind of in-game upgrades. That's correct. That would make it more of a roguelite game. I actually prefer roguelite games more than roguelike, but this was fairly fun nonetheless for me. Excellent. So let's uh, delve down into gameplay. What about the gameplay was not fun for you to start off with? I thought the movement and shooting controls were a little too anti-gravity for me. I really like heavy gravity. I like knowing where my velocity is going to take me, what output my input's going to yield. And uh, it was a little unpredictable for this game. So it was kind of floaty, as you would say? Yeah. Okay. So what about the mechanics of the gameplay did you like about the game? I thought the really fun aspect was the concept of a third eye on your character. You have the eyes that your character uses to see, and then it has a third eye on its forehead, and that eye determines the power that your character has in the game. As you go around and collect gems, the eye increases, signifying your increased power, and as you use certain abilities, the eye shrinks, or if you get damaged, the eye shrinks. Also, each level has a boss, a wizard, and the third eye's iris always points toward the wizard like a compass. Well, great. So let's uh, get some more background in the game on the story. What kind of storyline does this game have? It's the kind of story that you kind of throw in so that the game seems to have a purpose. Basically, you're a guy, your body gets separated from your mind, and you get thrown into an alternate dimension where you are a disembodied head seeking out the wizards who brought this fate upon you. Okay, and is it implied that if you kill the wizards, you'll come back to normal, or are you just getting revenge, or what? You don't find that out until endgame. It doesn't really have a whole lot of story besides what you begin with. Is there anything else in the story that you can elaborate on that would probably give us some more uh, background in the game? It begins with a cutscene of a grandpa talking to his granddaughter, so it's implied that he survives the event. Okay. Well, that's that's good at least. Uh, yeah. So let's move on. Uh, art. What about the art style did you like and didn't like? I thought the art was incredibly whimsical. I liked that it seemed like a cartoon universe. It was cute and fun. I liked especially that there were a large heaping handful of different level maps that you were exploring. They were randomized so that every time you died, you started with a new one, or every time you progressed a level, you started with a new one. No level ever got old. Artwork-wise, I thought it was beautiful. I thought the monsters every level were unique and interesting and fun. So let's go a little bit above and say the goal of the game. Some, some games are designated for fun, some are designated for an art piece. What do you think that this game's goal was? I think it was purely for fun. I think... It's a challenge to defeat the anti-gravity sensations that you have, and it's a, a challenge to defeat progressively harder monsters and bosses. And if you're a fan of challenge, you're just going to find this to be fun and satisfying. Great. Well, it sounded like a pretty fun game to me. What about uh, sound? How does that play into the goal of the game? The soundtrack is great. Every level has its own background music, and it's all kind of cartoon, fun, whimsical. I thought that the musicians did a fantastic job. So the score sounds pretty put together and professional. and Incredibly so. Excellent. Well, that's, that's really cool and polished. Let's go on to the audience of the game. Uh, if I were a specific demographic, would I not enjoy this game? I think that there are a couple of tiny references that might make indigenous people feel uncomfortable. In some of the jungle scenes, for example, there are little bush guys that go, ah, la, 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 la. and I think that if you're sensitive to that, you're going to feel it. 
I think that I'm a white woman and it doesn't bother me, but it might not bother me because I'm the one in power. And I suppose. I need to check my privilege. I mean, it happens in a lot of cartoons and movies. Like just off the top of my head, I can think of like Pirates of the Caribbean 2 where it, there's this huge tribal scene where they have to go through and they make very, very stereotypical references to Aboriginal people. And, and this, I guess, is a much softer reference than that. Yeah, I'd agree. And I just think that that's the one thing that might make people uncomfortable. But if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, you're going to be good. Excellent. Uh, what about, can I play as a girl in the game? Is there female sprites available? Is it? Nope, but the disembodied head doesn't seem to have a strong gender. It's implied that it's a man because of the beginning cutscene, but you don't feel like your gender has any bearing whatsoever on the game. That's, that's good, at least. So what kind of gamer would enjoy this game most? I'd say an explorer type or an achiever type who is okay with a long process before they get the achievement high would enjoy this game. Somebody who is cool with single player, who likes roguelike platformers, you're just going to have a generally fun time playing this. I'm not thinking it's going to be anyone's favorite number one ever game. I don't think that in 20 years people are going to look back and go, ah, amygdala. But I think that it's going to be a fun way to spend a few hours. Excellent. Well, it sounds like a really polished game. Were there any like game-breaking bugs or anything like that? There was only one tiny bug that I saw. There's a boss that flings spiky metal balls at you, and when the balls break, they fragment so that the image of the ball breaks apart in little chunks rather than having individual sprites for the broken parts. That's the only thing that looked buggy or glitchy to me, and that was just in the graphics. Tiny little detail, not a big deal. Excellent. So you played this on PC, right? Yeah. And you played it on controller? I was able to play it both on controller and on keyboard. There was a keybinding feature. Oh, great. So you can kind of play it however you want. Awesome. So yeah, if you're interested in the game, you can pick it up on Steam for $9.99. Sounds like a pretty good use of an afternoon. Yeah. All right, that's all we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in, and happy gaming. The Sweet Real Podcast is hosted, directed, and produced by Jody DeVaz and Kenny Wallace. Music is by the immaculate Will Siebel. You can check out our videos on YouTube, stay in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter, and watch us stream games for review on Twitch most evenings.